Welcome to Welcome to the Gun Show. I'm joined by Tarek. All right, stop. Collaborate and listen. <laughs> Ice is back with my brand new invention. Something grabs a hold of me tightly. Flows and then, 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 nightly. And guys. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Who is currently completely lost. Guys. <laughs> what year were you born, guys? 92. Uh, I think that came out in 91. I was about hmm. to say that. That's just after. <laughs> thing happened. Um, cool stuff. A couple of words of thanks before we roll into the topic for uh, today's recording. Um, thank you to DVC Technologies for keeping our guns running throughout Yay! level four. I lubed the gun and like you generally have to lube these things quite often. I lubed the gun on Friday morning when I got to the match in the rain and I really only lubed it because it was raining. I mean, it was lubed before with uh, DVC slick grease and I didn't touch it. The but, I mean, you did touch it because you shot it. I, I I mean, I didn't touch it with any more lube. Like, I stuck some lube on it, and it was just like, sweet. And it worked. No problems. So, nice. if that isn't a, a like rave review for the product, I don't know what is. I mean, you can, you can take it to a major, major match. Stick it on the gun once, and then not do anything else. That's pretty On cool. a gun that's not only a 1911, but a stainless 1911. Yep. Mm-hmm. Possibly the most second most lube hungry system on the planet. What is the first? Uh, I don't know if the age restriction of the show covers it. It probably doesn't. So <laughs> moving along from there. So uh, thank you guys. I did see that. Uh, what are they called? Ipsic Shop SA? Ipsic SA, SA store. That one. They had uh, some of Gaz's stuff on on sale on tables at the match. It was pretty cool to see. Uh, that's some other stuff that was pretty cool as well. But like the important stuff is Gaz's products. So yes. Do that. Um, while we're on Gaz's products, um, the Welcome to the Gun Show shirts have started chipping. And uh, I've put mine next to my like gray DVC Technologies hat. And like those things are made to be together. It's like a match nice. made in heaven. So... <laughs> So if you when spend you get, ten thousand rand in a shop at DVC Technologies, you get a free hat. That sounds fair. I don't know yeah. if Gaz is going to agree to that, but that sounds great to me. And if you spend fifteen thousand rand, we'll give you a free hat and a free shirt. But it has to be in one shop. Done. Retail only. Nice. Done. Yeah. Yeah. Re- retail only. <laughs> <laughs> no dealers. No dealers. <laughs> well, no people who deal in Gaz's product. If you deal in other stuff and. <laughs> No judgment. King shame. <laughs> oh, we don't judge, uh, nor do we king shame. Thank you to uh, Guns at Work for making sure that our logo was on the uh, team shirts for EGPSA for the level four. That's Logos easy. looked fantastic. I still don't have my team shirt. Uncle Steve. I think we should open a, a book. You know, I think we should let our listeners bet on this. What are the chances? Of me getting my shirt before the next nationals. Uh, yeah. I think you should open a book on that, T-Bag. <laughs> Maybe we can win some money. Maybe we can win enough money out of this like betting pool to buy your team shirt. <laughs> <laughs> you can't buy the team shirt. Yes, you can. <laughs> I mean, for enough money, I think you can buy anything. Or would you exactly. sell me yours? 
I would, but uh, I'm not sure how you're going to fit it into as a bandana. <laughs> <laughs> so you would look like one of those muscular dudes at Muscle Beach in Florida wearing shirts that are way too small. Yeah, I mean, I'd have to like move the fat around, but we could make that work. Sweet. We'll do that. <laughs> but thanks to Guns Uh Thanks to uh, Magnum United. Um, they're doing absolutely spectacular things, including hosting tea yesterday, so you guys can figure out when we were recording, for a fundamentals class. So, T-Bag, how did that go? No, it went very well. Great bunch of guys. We had Adrian and Albert there and Billy, um, which was really cool. Uh, Range is looking really nice. They've uh, they've got new sort of branded dustbins around the place, and it just every time I go there, it looks better. The clubhouse is looking better. Every time I go there, the range looks uh, looks better. So... That was that was really really cool. Uh, yeah, there's lots of effort going into that place, which is great to see. Cool stuff. Um, Rocksteady gear, Lance, Dan, great guys. Well, I never go that far. But Nexus Pro, Nexus Pro, get ready for shotgun season next year when you will need Nexus Pro and all the other magload stuff. Okay, so or, uh, uh, <laughs> is it the elemental? Yes, that yeah. looks really interesting. I think I'm going to order an, uh, uh, an elemental eight, eight or twelve round pouch, um, or, or, or two, so that for buck and slug stages you can just pop that on. Um, that's going to be really, really nice. Great value, nice looking product, uh, and uh, yeah, they're a good. They're one of my favourite couples in the shooting world, uh, Dan and Mac and um, Lance. Yeah. They really are great. They do make a cute couple too. <laughs> All righty, shall we? Shall we roll into the actual topic that we're going to record today? Um, oh, yeah, something, something happened like last weekend, I guess. We went to Mike's kitchen. We did go to Mike's kitchen. We did go to Mike's kitchen, and they topped up the hand sanitizer with water. <laughs> they, they they did. I didn't think we were going to mention that, but uh, they did. And, I'm, uh, I'm sure there was already soap in there, and this was just too. Um, yeah, I didn't think we were going to mention that, but uh, they laughed about as loudly as we did when we noticed what they were doing. <laughs> so, I mean, Mike's, Mike's kitchen was a good time. Uh, we 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 had some fun times there. Um, that was great. The food was really good. Even was really good. was impressed with the food. Mm. I mean, we'll talk about that one offline. I'll tell you some stories. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we, had, we had a good time there. We we only at one visit to Mike's Kitchen had a table of shooters next to us vacate. Um, <laughs> the other time they put us outside where no one could see us. So I guess that's why no tables left then. But uh, it was a good time. Good service. Good food, cold beer, oh, everything you I need it. after a match. Uh, but what else happened that weekend? Mr. Evans, what happened that weekend? We shot the SAPS Africa Area Champion Area, yeah, Africa Area Championship. Ah, is that what we were doing? Mm, level four. How did that go for you, guys? It went great. <laughs> <laughs> that it did. It really did. Um, quick rundown of of what this was just for the guys who don't shoot Ipsic, um, the Africa area champs is technically continental champs. 
So yeah. the African continent, yes. even though most of Africa don't shoot and we have very few um, you know, African countries who come out to compete, there are some. Um, so it's really like a, a, a much bigger South African championships in reality, but in spirit, it's, it's the African continental champs. Uh, 24 stages, 412 rounds, I think, um, over three days. Uh, so quite a quite a big match as Ipsic matches go. It is not this particular match, but a level four is the second largest match that you can compete in in Ipsic. Level five being the biggest. That's the world shoot, the world championships. Um, so quite a quite a great experience for the guys who did get to go. Um, there are no special entry requirements if you're a member of a club, province, and country. You can attend these matches uh, if you're in, in in the African continent for for an Africa level four. You don't need special permissions or, or anything to to attend. Um, you can enter the match as usual. If you are from a, a different region, so from America, say you need to apply to your regional director, I believe, who will then apply to the Africa director, who will then grant you a spot um, or something to that effect. Politics, we don't really care. Um, anyway. No, no special requirements. So when the next one comes around in, I think, three years' time, yeah. um, when the link comes out, just get registered, pay, um, book your accommodation well in advance, go have a great time. You don't need to have shot any leagues. You don't need to have shot any nationals. Um, it's easier you if you have, but you don't need to. Sorry, T, go ahead. So you just need to be an IPC member. Yep. And and we, we had guys from uh, Zim, uh, Namibia. Kenya. Kenya, and we, we had, I mean, I know we had competitors from Germany and, and a couple of other sort of off-the-continent countries, but Africa, yeah, we had Kenyans, Nambabwians, and Zimbos. Um, they're, all, they're, all, they're always a great bunch of guys as well. Um, the Kenyans are getting very, very serious about shooting. I mean, uh, they've, they've, it appears that they've kind of gotten over IDPA and they've driven quite heavily into IPSC. Which is so, a good thing. Yeah. So hopefully we'll see more of them at the matches and hopefully more of the Namibia, the Namibian guys and the Zim guys. I still want to go up and shoot as Zimbabwe Open and, and the Namibian Nationals, uh, which we have been chatting to some of the guys about. That'd be pretty cool. All that to say, <clears throat> you don't need anything special to attend these matches. Um, stop the bullshit about, I haven't shot a big match yet. I'm too scared to go shoot a level four. Just do it. Um, great learning opportunity. And it really tests um, a thing that we keep mentioning on the show, match fitness. Um, it you, you really need some of that when you're shooting um, three full days. Um, we'll get into some of the more specific details of what makes that even more tiring in a moment. <laughs> yeah. um, yes. Shall we start off with uh, the congratulation bits of, of this? Well done to Sashali Duplessis for winning me 100 bucks South African. There we go. That and she did. Some other people got some stuff as well. I'm going to see if I can find the actual uh, results for this match because and we called like, some of them pretty pretty accurately. We did. Uh, I don't know if any of us got any three in a row exactly right, uh, hmm. but we we called the winner of of um, what's that division it begins with an S. Men's division. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Except, <laughs> except it was not won by a man or a man's gun this year. Um, we called uh, production. 
we call no, it open. I think you got classic correct T. Yeah, I think, you, I, I think you called Ian Albert Fabian and that was wrong. So running through the, the results list, I'm going to read the top three from every division and then I'll open up the category winners, which I left out when we posted it on the, the group because there's just too fucking many when we do that. But Ian van der Bank won uh, Classic with obviously 100%. Uh, Albert came in second with 97.2%. And then Fabian came in a third with uh, 93.2%. Congratulations, guys. Um, I am told that Mr. Van der Bank shot like an absolute demon. And uh, I, haven't looked at the, I haven't looked at the stage results, but um, apparently he won some stages shooting major that um, are hard to believe, shall we say. Places where he had to do an extra reload after doing an empty start. Yes, I believe he won the And rolling stage. off a bed. <laughs> I think, I also believe he won seven stages on Sunday. I was like, he shot like a demon. He only shot eight stages on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, then we're on to work. open. Um, Thomas Montgomery won. Grant Halley came in in second place with 92.56. And Nazim Khan came in with in third with 92.55.01 of a percent between the two of them. Um, yeah. Like the difference is so little as to matter, but not matter. Uh, congratulations, guys. I'm not sure if we got this order right. Uh, we may uh, have. I think at least some, uh, I think we had Thomas Gr and, and then Grant. I don't know if any of us got Nazim in third. I'm pretty sure we mentioned Nazim because we looked at the logs, but I'm, I I can't remember what order we had stuff in. But congratulations, guys. Great job. Uh, then we're on to, hang on. Where's the next one? Here's the next one. Production. Um, Navarre took first. Congratulations, dude. We're super proud of you. Um, Thomas Affleck came in in second with 99.73%. And then Jacques Robler came in in third with 95.59. Sorry, T. I think it was two points between um, Navia and Thomas. Uh, five points. Five, five match points. Yeah. 1,886 versus 1,881. It's nothing. Yeah, it's nothing. It's, it's an alpha. Great <laughs> So that's also it's, a good lesson in don't give up until the match is over. Exactly. Uh, and yeah, I, again, I believe that uh, Navarre shot like an absolute beast. I mean, as is usual for him, but uh, I heard some guys talking about uh, his shooting performance on the day, on the days, and it was spectacular. Uh, production optics, I'm pretty sure that we did not get this one right. Um, yeah. So number one, Dylan Henstock. Uh, in second place, Werner Bierkes with 96.28. And in third place, Zama Wanda with uh, Wanda Zama. I keep on getting his name the wrong way around. 95.96. Um, pretty good performance all around. Um, I think I had Dylan for the win. And uh, no, I think I had Austin for the win and Dylan not far behind. I had Austin uh, for the win. I, it worked. We, we weren't even close on this one, I don't think. So, no, none of us were, yeah. Uh, let me scroll down some more. I think that's Standard, all the divisions, isn't it? 
That is all the divisions. Oh, okay. Now we get into men's division. (laughs) (laughs) So that's all the divisions. Now we get to men's division. Um, Mr. Garrett John Evans, the mighty Gaz, mighty Gaylord, took uh, standard. JC Portito came in in second with 97.18. And then Keith Rolls came in in third with 95.47. Awesome stuff, Gaz. Congratulations, dude. That's a... what, what what did you shoot, Gaz? I shot my Glock 17 Gen 4. So bear, bear in mind, Gaz won standard, and for our US listeners, that's limited, basically, um, with a minor gun, a Glock 17 in 9mm. Uh, and uh, something we've discussed on the show before, and I think was quite interesting, I think there were four minor guns in the top 10 in standard. Um, I think so, yeah. I, I do think we're going to have a seat change there. I don't have that information up in front of me. I want to believe you guys. I'll double check, but I think it's uh, it's, it's three or four of them for sure. Uh, Gas shot minor, Dennis shot minor. Um, let me just. Yeah, four in the top 10, five in the top 11. Okay, we're going to need to make some decisions on what we read from the, uh, the, the category winners. Shall I just find our friends and we'll read their results? Uh, yeah. If you if you're a listener and we don't read your result your results, let us know, um, and uh, we'll read your results next time. So yeah, sorry, just uh, uh, fifth, no, sorry, sixth, Ruin Bernicke, uh, minor, uh, ninth, Shazad Khan, minor, and tenth, um, Dennis Karimitsos, um, minor, eleventh, Jose Cardoza, minor. Yeah. So yeah, I think. Uh, I think we're going to see more minor. If I was going to move to standard now, which I'm not allowed to, I would shoot minor. Because mm-hmm. if you move to standard minor, you're going to shoot a Glock 43. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, it's... <laughs> All right. <laughs> let's, let's do some of the, the category winners and then we're going to move on. Um, I'm only going to read selected names here because there is... Uh, 21 pages of the stuff and no one wants to sit through it. So I'm just going to read some select names. Um, Adrian won uh, Super Senior Classic. First place. Adrian, congratulations. Great job. Villa. Or <laughs> Villa, if you want to piss him off. <laughs> Tina's Wurta won Senior <laughs> Classic. Um, he shot a hell of a match as well. He did. He, he, he did some really great stuff. Um, congratulations. Um, I'm going to skip over that. Uh, I'm going to skip over that. Skip over that. Skip. <laughs> Sorry, guys. There's lots of stuff being skipped here, but uh, skip to the loo, my darling. That's getting skipped. That's getting skipped. <laughs> Production Optics, ladies. Uh, congratulations to Sasha Lee Duplessis, who won, and uh, Madeline Miller, who took second place with 99.91%. Um, just enough for T to get hundred bucks. Just enough for me to get my money. We didn't. We, there was no spread betting. It was just sports betting. I I, I hope you split it with her. Fuck no, I spent it. Make your own bets on herself. JC won uh, standard junior. Yes, he's twelve. I mean, I know he's the size of two forty-seven-year-old men, but I, he's twelve. I, I thought that he like exited junior last year, but like. Evidently, I'm no, wrong. Because remember, you're not junior until you're 32 or something idiotic. Yeah, oh. I think JC's been 21 for the last four years. 
That's what I said. Okay, we're not going to read any more of those. Um, congratulations to everyone who who won their divisions, won their categories, won their classes, etc. That list just gets way too long for us to read. Um, shall we talk about some of the specifics of this match? Let's. Some of the things we liked, some of the things we didn't like. Um, in what order do you want to do that? Because I assume that we want to leave the things we didn't like for last, or do you want to just hop into that? <laughs> I think we should leave it on a positive. Okay. <laughs> so uh shall we shall we start off with with some uh some things then? Mm-hmm. We we should probably start off on a positive too. Yeah, we should actually. Oh. Thank you very much to all the ROs. Um you guys did a great job. Um I I only had positive experiences with ROs in this match, so yeah. which is rare for me. I'm I'm sort of the one <laughs> that generally <laughs> has issues though. <laughs> I'd actually, I'd like to, I mean, we had a lot of good ROing and, and one of the ones that stood out for me was, uh, and I can't remember the stage number, it was Yorkie's stage, where a shooter hit a popper square in the ball. The popper moved and like moved that it was moving and jammed up. Uh, and the RO, instead of going, well, sorry for you, stopped him uh, because he'd seen that there was a range failure uh, and, and, and gave him a reshoot. And I was really glad to see that. Um, it, it, you know, it wasn't me shooting or anyone, but um, it was a case of there was obviously a problem here. And instead of making the shoot, shoot a call for calibration, which doesn't, which often, you know, doesn't kind of work out the way it should. And instead of going, well, sorry for you, you know, it sucks to be you. He saw there was an obvious problem. He saw that the range had obviously failed. And instead of making the, the, the shooter suffer the consequences, um, he stopped him, and and I was really I, I I thought that was proper sort of sportsmanship in an RO. You know, uh, I know an RO's job is there to to sort of apply the rules, not make rules or anything like that. But he saw something that was obviously problematic, and he used his judgment. Um, and and I I respected that. I hope we see more of that. I think there's one more that we need to mention here, and we'll we'll talk about some of the aspects of this when we talk about things we didn't really like. Um, but on day three, when, uh, let's see what had to happen on the, the, the very first thing that I did on day three was, Oh, the first thing Corn did on day three was have to help me change my fiber. Cause I couldn't, um, <laughs> we'll, we'll drop into that one a little bit more, but the aura on that stage, um, when we got back was like, we're going to start a few minutes early. Are you guys sure that you're ready to go? Do you, do you need a couple of more minutes to, to sort yourself out? Um, that was great. Um, yeah. It, it it was nice to have someone go. We are ahead of schedule. Is that okay, or or must we hold? Oh. I think that was awesome. Yeah, that was that was also really cool. And I was the first shooter there, so I was especially appreciative of that. Drevens, any comments on ROing? No, I didn't have any bad experiences. All of the experiences with the ROs was pleasant. Um, they were all applying the rules nicely. I didn't have any issues with it, and. As always, thank you to the ROs for putting that time aside and sort of being that efficient and willing to help the shooters get through the match safely and enjoyably. Yeah, it it was a hard match on the ROs. Um, yeah, it was long days. It was the early mornings of Friday. We didn't shoot in the rain, but I believe some details did shoot a little bit in the rain. We we had some some holdups with some stuff, which we'll discuss shortly. Um. But so they went from being slightly cold and wet on Saturday mor- uh, on, on Friday morning to being 
literally hot as balls on Friday afternoon, Saturday, Sunday. Um, some of the Rangers, even though they, they, they rigged up gazebos, some of the Rangers really didn't have shade. Um, so if they were ROing, they were not in the shade. Um, between details, they, they got a couple of minutes to sit in the shade. But long days, on your feet the whole time, um, very, very hot. So, and, and not exactly the most convenient places to get to, uh, to food and water and stuff. So I, I know that, that they, they got stuff delivered to them, but some of the ROs that I saw at some of the stages were literally waiting for their stuff to arrive because they can't just go, you know, shooters, let's just hang on for two minutes. I'm just going to go mm-hmm. grab a water. I'll be right back. It wasn't really an option. So we really appreciate that. Um, it is a hard job. Um, and someone has to do it. We're glad it's you guys. <laughs> which is fair <laughs> i think I, I particularly felt sorry for the the the, the RS from europe i think uh that heat is not um it's not the sort of thing that they used to i mean i know parts of europe and that can get hot but it was a it was a it was a serious dry like just brutal heat there was uh, at least one RO. That looked like uh, he would glow in the dark if he turned the lights off after a day in the sun because he was like, he was redder than I get in the sun and I get pretty red. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I brought long sleeves for every day. I think I would have regretted otherwise. Yeah. Stages, what do you guys think of the, uh, while we're on positives? Guess. I really enjoyed the the stages. Um, you know, as, as a rule, all of the stages had some presented some sort of challenge that was relevant to the sport. Um, there's always going to be exceptions in certain stages that you don't like, but for the most part, whatever we're seeing there is part of the game. Um, <clears throat> the only thing that I sort of, the, the one stage that I noticed that I sort of had a small comment on was the 124 round stage uh, where we had all mags on drums and we were on at the other drum with an unloaded gun. Um, and the run from the first run to where your ammo was, was quite a run. So that sort of sits more or leans more towards being a physical challenge than what it is relevant to the sport. That was the only one that really stood out to me as, well, we could have put the drums a bit closer or something like that, but it's fine. That's the way they built it. It's okay. No, I, I didn't like the, the run from the start with nothing to do that was shooting. Correct. Um, I, I I don't think that that is a, a, f- a fair test of shooting ability, and I don't think any of us do. Yeah. Um, however, it was one stage in twenty four. Um, yes. So even though that wasn't great, um, it 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 wasn't it wasn't a negative experience, right? I I didn't have issues in that stage. T did really well in that stage. Um, the run probably was not a. It probably favored some dudes. Um, for athletic ability, but I don't think it made a, a massive difference in the outcome of the match. So, mm. also would prefer to not have that, but it wasn't the end of the world. Yeah, I think I think that that stage with a loaded gun and your mags on the other drum, prob- I, I don't think you would have lost any of what they were trying to do, and I think you would have had a had a better epic stage. But on the whole, mm. you know, the stages I think they were well presented. Um, they the, the shooting challenges were. Not ridiculous. Um, I, I saw a lot of guys get themselves in trouble because of, of perceptions of the shooting challenges being relatively easy, um, and and kind of not uh, not respecting them. Um, so I, I quite like that. I I, 
Yeah, I, I think the standout silly stage for me, and it's possibly because I was shooting classic, was the 32 rounder with with all your, your mags on drums. Uh, sure, yeah. I, you know, mags on drum on a 12 rounder or, or even an 18 rounder is one thing. I think mags, that many mags on drums on a 32 rounder just starts getting... I, I, I don't... I don't really get the point that much, but nonetheless, I, I thought it was it was a, it was a good match. I enjoyed the stages. Um, I don't remember us having any major issues with activators or anything like that. Uh, I know one stage someone had shot the, the 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 cable before we got there, but that's not the match's fault. That's just shooting. Sometimes shit happens, but on the whole, yeah, I enjoyed the stages. I enjoyed the shooting. Um, I think they they didn't go they didn't go ridiculous with anything. There, there were some challenges. A fair amount of stages gave you um, a reasonable amount of options. Even with the classic guns, we had guys um, approaching stages in really different ways. Like a standout for me, which I thought was just really clever, is there was a stage where you could either start at the front of the stage, which was what about 10, 12 meters from the steel and activate and hit the activators and then there were two poppers with a no shoot popper between them so you could activate that but then with swingers at the back so you could either start at the front and run backwards or you could start at the back where it was a what a 25 meter shot on the popper past the no shoot yeah, yeah. Um, and then move forward and 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 shoot the um shoot the two uh the 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 um the two swingers and move and, and move forward so that i thought was quite nice because we had I think in our squad we probably had a 50-50 split between how guys did that. Um and, and you had guys who who were vehemently of the opinion that one or the other was better. And I, I quite like it when you you know, I think that's that's quite clever stage design. Um and there were a fair amount of stages. Uh but my my solitary stage when there were sorry, I had to get that in there somehow. Um, nice. <laughs> there were there were two two kind of quite different approaches to how you did it. And what was interesting is Jürgens and I shot exactly the same time on that stage um, using this, like uh, using the two plans. So the one plan was to start where you could engage the majority of the targets and the other plan, and then you had to move to engage one target. The other plan, you started where you could engage one target and move into the majority of the targets. Um, and we ran exactly the same time on that stage. So that I thought that was quite clever. On the whole, I think that it was it was pretty good stage design. So um, you know, there's there's always stuff you'd kind of like, but that's also like a strengths and weaknesses stuff. Even mm -hmm. the the Cooper Tunnel stage, and everyone knows how I feel about fucking Cooper Tunnels, um, was I think quite a clever use of a Cooper Tunnel. It wasn't it wasn't stupid. They weren't trying to make you shoot through the thing. It was low, but it wasn't super long. Um, so even the Cooper Tunnel stage, and I, I do think Cooper Tunnels are dumb, but uh, the, even the Cooper Tunnel stage was was quite a clever use of of, of Cooper Tunnels. Fair amount of swingers. Um, yeah, there, were, there were a lot of swingers on a lot of stages, which was which was pretty solid. Um, none of the swingers were particularly stupid. They weren't super easy, but they weren't they weren't stupid either. Um, so yeah, on the whole, I I enjoyed I enjoyed shooting the match. I enjoyed shooting the stages. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think the stages were solid all around. Um, something that did stand out to me, and maybe because this particularly hurt me, um, though it shouldn't, is there wasn't quite the opportunities to shoot on the move with Classic wasn't uh, plentiful. 
there were some stages where you could shoot on the move where I could smash it. And there, but there was a lot of run here, set up, shoot, run there, set up, shoot, or, uh, not quite stand in the box, but you know, shoot one step, shoot one step. Um, uh, not a problem in itself for Epsic, but I, I, I missed that element. Sorry, I, like one, one thing that, and I think I've said it in the show before, I think short courses should always be 12 rounds, not nine. Um, I think there were, uh, I, I, I think they, a lot of those stages would have been better. Um, you know, the, the short courses, I think, are just a better challenge if they're nine stages and, and two positions than one stage standing in a box. Uh, but that's also, that's a preference thing. That's not a, um, oh, it was terrible. I That's just a, a, a preference and an opinion thing. And as Eddie Smith will tell you all the time, I'm very opinionated. <laughs> and I mean, one of the cool things that was nice with the match is that there, there seemed to have been a little bit of a premise before the match of there won't be long distance shots or those sort of things. And the, the shooting skills were tested thoroughly. You know, you had anything from, I think probably the closest we shot at was like one and a half meters from muzzle on some of the stages. And we had other, other mm. targets that we were running out to like 30 meters, right. uh, which was really nice. And then the no shoot balance or the partial balance was also very nicely done. Mm. Um, thinking back, there were some stages we didn't have a single partial one, but when they were there, there were one or two tight partials throughout the match. That's that's par for the course. But for the most part, they were very cleverly placed and used in the stage. So they enhanced the stage more than they caused damage. Yeah, there were there were nice speed bumps that kind of, if you made a mistake on them, it was you, um, as opposed to sort of complete slam on brakes. Now you've got to pretend you're shooting a sniper rifle. Um so yeah, I I agree. I, I think that was that was pretty good. Um, and there was some there was some challenging steel from a classic point of view. There was there was a lot of stages that kind of invited you to to run quite tight on your capacity. Um, and as Corn mentioned earlier, we then had Ian shooting a major gun, which holds eight plus one rounds. When a nine round stage that started with the gun empty, so the rest of us didn't have to reload. He had to do a standing reload and still won. Um, but he obviously knows how to roll out of bed quicker than the rest of us. I I'm sure that's where we lost the top. <laughs> I, I did ask the RS on the stage where the snooze button was on the timer, but they didn't seem to like my humor. <laughs> um, yeah. Overall, I think that, like I said, I think the stages were, were good. Um, nothing really stands out as super problematic. Um, the no shoots were were fun for me. Um, I didn't manage to hit two of them in the match, but they were not. I walked the stages. Well, walked the stages. I walked behind the stages. I went to go and have a look at the stages on on Thursday afternoon before the match. And someone walked up and remarked about how easy the no shoots were. So the, the partials, the no shoots were almost not in play. And I vividly recall me going, you know, what I've seen in this match so far is. For you to shoot a no-shoot, you must really, really want to shoot that no-shoot. And after no, and, and after that, like immediately after that, my comment was, which is why I'm going to be shooting some of these no-shoots. Um, because they really baited you into doing things that um you perhaps shouldn't. Uh, you know, it it might be really generous area of target, but there is still a no-shoot in play that you you need to be cautious of. That uh I, I know bits some people. Um, yeah, that's the stages. Those were pretty good. Uh, where do you guys want to go next? 
You want to talk about? Uh, Should we talk about the elephant in the room? I didn't want to talk about you, but okay. I'm not in the same room as you, biatch. <laughs> Let's talk about the yeah. elephant in the room. <laughs> um, and the, this this is based on a single sort of experience with it. Um, but ESS was fucking horrible. Uh, I believe it has all sorts of wonderful functionalities. ROs and RMs told me how wonderful it was. Um, maybe it was teething issues, but for those three days as a competitor, it I, I almost would have rather had paper scoring. Um, the, you know, when you have to be at the range at seven o'clock and then you have your first shots at, well, you, you start briefing after half past seven, I think close, maybe even closer to quarter to eight. Yeah, because the ESS system isn't working to register you, and then they still have to re-register you later, or you get to stages and it's now your turn to shoot, and we can't do anything because the system isn't taking info, you know, isn't hasn't loaded the previous shooter, and the fact that you can't get a hit factor until it's online, um, is that. It may be a wonderful system. It may have wonderful potential. All I can comment on was was my experience with it. And i got to be honest, I said it as a match. I'll say it again. I don't know why we don't just use practice score. I, I understand IPSC rules require things. IPSC's changed rules before. Um, this is not going to change the sport. It's just going to give us, I think, a better scoring system. Um, the fact that you get anything of besides... Be you know, like, oh, now you must verify your scores, but you can't really check them against anything because you haven't got any, you don't get an email telling you what your score was. You can't verify against that. So unless you've written it down, you've got nothing to verify it against. Um, and then, so I, I really didn't kind of get that. And then if you wanted to be able to, as we do in the 21st century, compare your results against other competitors beyond just stage results. So like practice score enables us to do, see scores and times and break it down. What you had to do was then download it into practice score. So it's currently, and as I say, currently, maybe I'll be proven wrong, it'll be wonderful. Currently strikes me as the muzzle loading um, musket of electronic scoring. So... Some of the stages, and, and, and I don't know what the actual times and stages were, um, but you have about, I don't know, two and a half minutes to shoot on a stage, something like that. Is, is your, every shooter has about two and a half minutes to complete the stage, reset, score, etc. And then the next shooter gets their you know, two and a half minutes to, to get through the stage um, for the timing to work out where you get your 12 shooters through the stage in, in, in an appropriate amount of time. Um, I know that on at least one of the stages where they tried to do online scoring with ESS, the weight between shooters, and I mean the weight between shooters, I don't mean the the shooter shoots and then we reset, patch, score, score patch, and then the next shooter starts. Not, not that three minutes. The time from the next shooter stepping to the line and going, I am ready to shoot, to the point where they go standby, was longer than the time you had for a shooter to complete the entire stage with scoring, patching, and, and getting the next shooter up. So you have a you have two and a half minutes to complete the stage, and you have that two and a half minutes plus a three-minute wait on top of that before the next shooter can start. That that has some uh some severe knock-on effect, shall we say, uh, which we experienced at the match quite hard. Um with at 
I think two stages, though it might have been more stages throughout the match. Um, the squad that T and I were in waited for two complete squads to complete the stage before us where we were waiting. Two complete squads. Not one squad's partially through and there's another squad waiting in front of you. Like you get to the stage and three squads before you are only now finishing and walking off. Two squads ahead of you walk up to do a briefing. There's a squad in front of you that's waiting and then you're waiting. Um, at, at least two two stages in the match um, and two big stages. So that kind of adds up in terms of time that you spend waiting. I think on stage, I think it's 16. We waited an hour and a half, two hours. Yeah, easy. There was a permanent wait there the whole weekend. Uh, and that we was shoot. also that was also because there was a, that was one of the other things was the layout. Now I don't think that the, the organizers had much choice in the matter. Uh, but with stage 16, there was a lot of short, easy, resettable stages early on in that match or that that specific area of the match. And by the time you got to stage 16, you've got this massive 32 round stage that basically probably from the back of the foot fault mark to the front is like to that swing is like probably over 50 meters and correct me if I'm wrong. Yep. Um, and now you've got this monstrosity of a stage that you've got to reset and turn shooters over. But the stage before that is a nine round stage and the stage before that's a nine round stage. Yep. And the one before that's a 12 round stage. So that's where that bottleneck oh. came from. Um, yeah, right. I had one of the, one of the, on day one, on our second stage, I had a 15-minute wait because of the the ESS stuff that they were trying to sort out. Um, once I think they had gone over to the like an offload mode, which is what it sounded like, things started to tick over a little bit better, but then they couldn't give you a hit factor and that sort of yeah. other information. Uh, so once they went to offload, then oh, sorry, offline, then things started to tick over and we started getting better match efficiency from, from that side of things. But we lost quite a bit of capability from that, I think. And so did, so did the ROs trying to work with. Yep. I, I, I felt sorry for them. The the whole, yeah. using a, sorry, T-Bag, using a first world system, which is what ESS is trying to be, in a third world, arguably a third world country with third world infrastructure in the middle of fucking nowhere where you don't have the connectivity that they would normally have. Um, I've never seen ROs walk around quite as much as they did this match to try and find signal. And I think that got aggravated a little bit more by the fact that they would go, when we're done shooting, you come to this point because this is where we have signal. So the RO, the scoring RO will meet you here. We, we finalize scoring here. And then you go there and then the RO goes, you know what? It worked for the last 10 shooters in this spot, but give me two minutes. I need to walk around, try and figure out where I can actually score this thing. Um, tax aside, on a couple of stages, that spot was signal was in the stage. So the shooter, you couldn't, they couldn't start the shooter, the next shooter, because you 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 had to stay. And that's not the RO's fault. So just what I wanted to say is because I know that there are going to be people who complain about this discussion. First of all, we're not blaming the ROs. Um, second of all, we're not bitching without offering a solution. Um, the practice score system works. I, as I say, ESS might have wonderful potential. Um, my experience with it, and, and this is simply based on, on on my single experience with it. And you know, it's like prison sex. You only you know, you, you're allowed to not like it if you've had a bad experience with it. Um, my single experience with it was that it didn't offer us as competitors any advantages over the system that's been in use for a couple of years. And what it did do was offer disadvantages. I, I, I cannot fathom why 
you would need a whole new system. Um, and yes, it's wonderful. You can load your gun in it. So, which we had to do, each of us in my squad had to do it at least twice. I don't know. Some people may have had to do it more. Um, so that, yeah, it, it's wonderful that the, it does that, but is it, is all the other stuff worth it? Um, and, and yeah, like hit factor is basic sort of math. So I don't understand. I, mean, I don't fuck all about computers, but I don't understand why this wonderful system can't do the basic maths in its offline mode. Uh, so yeah, I'd, I'd love to be, well, you know, hopefully we get proven wrong if we're stuck with this, this um, <coughs> product for level four and level five matches going forward. I truly hope SAPSA doesn't do anything stupid and try and go all ESS on, on, I don't think it's threes. I think it's one, twos and threes. I think SAPSA want to do it on threes, mm. which would be, I'm going to be honest, would be fucking stupid um, because Stolfontaine put a lot of, I'm assuming a huge amount of money putting that giant 5G mast in it. Um, my vaccine chip went, went, you know, went a bit higher. Were you vibrating? Yeah, it was a challenge. My, my left arm was was burning. No, um, Stilfontaine put a lot of effort into putting that thing up because they host a lot of matches. Um, it's going to be a challenge for, for level three matches if this is a requirement, and it doesn't make any sense. Um, you know, let's, let's look at things sensically, and yes, if we get a world shoot, hopefully we can fucking change this because I don't know what's going to happen if you have load shedding on top of all of that. Um, because as Korn mentioned, we're not shooting this match in Copenhagen. Uh, you know, this load shedding is a reality here. Fucking um, shit like that getting stolen is a reality here. And I would hate to have a system where we can now only have nationals at two ranges in the whole country because they're the two ranges who have got the ESS functionality because I honestly think that'll be really bad for the sport. Yep. Uh, just to be super clear, and T did say this, and we did start the, the discussion off with thank you very much, Mr. Oros. We only had, and Mrs., we only had great experiences. An Apache helicopter. <laughs> the Oros running around to try and find signal in order to complete scoring. It is absolutely not their fault. We're not blaming them in the slightest. And I think that they had an even more frustrating experience than the shooters did. Because we had it less frequently. Don't get me wrong, it happened a lot in this match, but we had it less frequently where those guys were, if the stage had problems with signal, they had problems with signal for the entire match. So, you know, it, it was just as bad or even worse for the ROs than it was for us, um, even if they can't necessarily say that. Um, so, yeah. It, and, not, and I mean, yeah, from my side, I think that one thing that's important is that with whichever system gets dubbed the system for level four and five matches, um, I just hope that it's one that's going to work for everybody. You know, you don't want to frustrate the ROs. You don't want to frustrate and mess around the competitors. It needs to be a system that works for everybody. Oh. Absolutely. So that's the, uh, the elephant in the room, if you wish. <laughs> And, you know, um, I, I, it's not just us bitching about that. I saw Brennan started a, a, a thread, I think, on the local group and on a, one of the international groups. And it seems to be a strong consensus that, that it's not a particularly well-liked system. Um, so, and, and I don't know who, who developed it or, or who was behind it and, and, and all of that. So it's not that I have an issue with them. I'm not trying to sell anyone a product because like a crayon and a piece of fucking paper is about the stretch of my technological abilities. Um, 
it, it, it's an observation that seems to be pretty universal. So what I'm hoping is that the people involved with this are going to take the adult fucking intelligent approach and go, this is what competitors are experiencing. And I'm going to be, I'm going to be a little bit um, sort of, I might upset some people at the end of the day, the sport is about the competitors. Uh, the ROs are fantastic, but there's, and they are there to make sure that we can have competitors. Um, so we need to make sure that the competitive experience is positive, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And if, if the competitors are having an issue with the system, it's not primary school where we go, well, I make the rules and if you don't like it, fuck off. Um, you know, I, I think they need, they need to be mindful of that and, and, and mindful of, of finding ways to, to improve the competitor experience and improve the range officer experience and obviously the, the, the stats officials' experience. I've never, I don't ever remember seeing stats officers having to run around so much at a match, mm. um, ever. Yep. And and not not a particularly small match too. I mean, so no. it's it's not easy for the area covered by the Rangers for this match is vast, and having to get to all areas you know, and and the outer reach of the of the shooting areas is uh, is challenging even for the shooters who only have to go from stage to stage um, you know, every forty five or fifty minutes, as opposed to the stats guys who had to. Do I, I suspect a lot of extra work that wasn't planned because in theory with ESS, and this is in theory, right? I, I don't understand the whole system, but in theory, they wouldn't have to do any of those things because in theory, they wouldn't have to visit any of the ranges. Everything would just show up at their at their stats office. Um, and perhaps it does in countries that aren't South Africa. <laughs> we, we, we shall see. How, how's that going to work in Brazil, in Thailand, um, you know, in if... If if Kenya get get the next Africa, you know, um, the next Africa champs, if Laos want to host, uh, which I think is the last truly communist country in the world, um, as uh, that's what I was told once, if they're an IPSC region, if they if they want to host uh, 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 an Asia, you know, an Asia level four, um, yeah. what's going to happen there? We can't just have stuff that works in, um, you know, France. You say these things. But um, the average experience with connectivity in the US mm. is terrible. So I'm mm. sure if like Frostproof posted, it's going to be fine. But I'm pretty sure if a lot of other states, were to, and I don't know if, if they're going to use this for uh, you know, USPSA matches, but if the IPSC world shoot ever goes there again, oh. yeah, you're severely limiting the ranges that can actually host them because you know, there isn't options. I'm pretty confident that USPSA will not be um, adopting this system. I'm pretty confident too, but if they host a, a level five there, they sort of would need to. Yeah, yeah, they would. So, so that's that's one of the the the, the major sort of um, not disappointments, but a standout downside of something that happened at this match. Um, shall we head over to some more uh, pleasant things? Okay. I mean, I, I don't know what that's going to be, but <laughs> I, I have what's possibly a little niggle and, and it, it may be described as such, but I don't really care. I have enough friends. Um, day two, I get there. I'm on the range. First shots were due to be fired at quarter past seven. I'm on the range at six minutes past seven because I know I'm generally late for shit. I, I was specifically early 
and my squad was already walking through. Um, what? Yeah. Now, yep. That that I think is is we have this time thing that we then, you know, oh, we must rush now and then we get to sit here and do fuck all for 45 minutes and then you get shouted at because now you must move through the stage faster. But that was really annoying because it's not, you know, if I'm late, so if I can be it, then sorry for me, I'm, I'm going to miss the briefing. But yeah. if I'm there nine minutes on my stage, nine minutes before first shots and we have five minutes to walk through, I've never had to go through a four-minute briefing. Um, so, that that was frustrating. I think it was just it was a it was a little bit of a fuck you to be honest. Because we did roll call on every stage, so you know the shooter's not there. It's not that the shooter's late, it's that you want to start early and that they're not early enough for you. And this is um you know, if we're gonna have it if we're gonna be concerned about the timing, let's be concerned about the timing. I thought that was just a little bit cut, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's not like a, so we we had it on on day three a, a similar thing with a different outcome. Um, mm-hmm. Everyone was there, the squad was there in its entirety except for one shooter, and he so happened to be the one that needed to go first on that stage of the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, so the ROs did roll call. Everyone said yes, yes, I'm here. No, he's not here yet. So the RO said, okay, well it's a bit early. We'll give it a few minutes. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see if he gets here. Gave it a few minutes, and then the RO said, "Okay, look, I, I was I was personally due to be second on the line after after this other guy." The RO said to me, "Would you mind going first if we started now? Because now now we're running on time." So I said, "No hmm. problem at all. Let's do briefing." And as we sort of agreed on that, here comes the other guy. He comes to the RO's like, "Okay, it's fine. It's not serious. Let's wait a few minutes. Let him settle." And then we did briefing, and life carries on. It didn't really cost anything, you know. At the end yeah. of the day. And I think, you know, that that's reasonable. Uh, as, as Corn mentioned earlier, on day three, I was there early again. Yes, I know this is hard to believe. It was um, twice in a row. Three times in a row. Wow. Bitch. Um, and welcome. discovered that my uh, fiber had come loose. So I was trying to get that. But it had come loose while um, kind of getting jammed in the one side. So I required adult intervention. So Corn, I found, uh, fortunately assisted me as 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 the adult um got to our stage and we were we were early and, and yeah the RO um Jorn was like I'd like to start a little bit early but make sure that you're ready and that's cool you know if everyone's there and everyone's ready start early but don't start early if guys aren't there because you you're not you know like it just gets arbitrary then if you're not 30 minutes early are you not on time sort of thing it just it gets arbitrary so that's yeah. my little niggle. Yeah, so I, I gonna, mean, a, sorry, a very, okay, similar, a very similar thing happened to me at the last level four in Limpopo. I think it was day one. I got to the stage 10 minutes early and they were briefing already. And it so happened that I needed to be first on the line. So from there, basically, because you what you said now, it becomes arbitrary. Now, when I go to any match, whether it's a club shooter league or a nationals, I try and make sure that I've got my stuff on and I'm basically ready to roll at least mm. 20 minutes before. So I'm on the range 30 minutes before we have to be there, air quotes. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you know, also, they're, they're long days. So, you know, you, you don't want to have to get there at, at, at a ridiculous time for what's already a long day. Um so you know, if we're going to stick to the schedule, let's let's stick to the schedule. Yeah. Sorry, Corn. What were you going to say? I want to add. Um, 
I, I had two more, but I'm going to have to think about the, uh, oh, oh it, it, I, I'm going to add <laughs> two more niggles. Um, and then we're going to try and find something positive to talk about again. I've got something positive when you're done. Awesome. The first one is um, you cannot have a match of this size and not have a hot box available. True. Um, if if I'm asking a match director, where is the hot box? And they go, uh, I don't think we have one. That's a problem. Where do I unload my carry gun? Um where do I do work on my firearm that requires me to have live ammunition or dummy rounds in order to test something like I just popped an extractor. I just want to rack it around through the gun. Um, if I've got nowhere to do that, um, how, how do I continue my match? If personally I'm, I'm, I'm three guns deep and I'm now in trouble. I need to replace parts, but other guys are one gun deep and they have to replace parts. How do you confirm that something's working? Even if you can't shoot it, if there is no hotbox, um, that is a problem. And I'm going to say this because this happened at the previous level four as well, because I remember vividly that I couldn't find a hotbox. If you're going to have matches of these proportions, and I, I mean, like, I, I pretty much mean any size, even if you're going to have a level one, you should have a hotbox. This is a country in which guys carry loaded guns to ranges because it's, it's, it's necessary. It's a dangerous country. If you don't believe us, listen to our past shows. We focus heavily on the defensive side. Um, you need to have places where I can unload my carry gun when I get to the range. Um, I'll leave that there. But that's something that really needs to be addressed. The other one is, um, I believe that we paid, and I believe, perhaps I'm wrong, but I believe that we paid additional money that was added to the entry fee for this match in order to have range helpers. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I might be wrong. Send me an email if, if I'm wrong or, or comment on the post. Um we then had several stages throughout the match where range helpers would be present, um, but would literally sit down and watch us mm. because there was a refusal to use them for the purposes of resetting stages. Uh, or if the shooters had to reset stages for some reason, have them pick up brass um, or have them paint or something. Right. Um, and I don't mean just use them for paint because then they're painting 10 plates at the end of each squad. That's not exactly an efficient use of, of something that we're paying for. If we're paying for them and they were included as part of the match, the range helpers should be resetting every single stage of that match. And I mean, every single stage, they don't necessarily have to do it on their own. Understand some, some, some stages are vast. They're big. There's a lot of resetting that needs to happen. It'll go quicker if shooters help. Um, But if they're doing absolutely fuck all, what did I pay for? And why are you stealing from me? And yeah. yes, I said that because why are you stealing from me? Because I paid for the service and you're not delivering it. And a decision was made at, at an, I think it was at an SGM, I know because I was present, that we would, that, that uh, helpers would be part of nationals because we paid a fucking fortune for nationals and, and that was part of the fee. Um, and yeah, when you've got stages where no, the helper will come forward and paint the no shoot plate if it's been hit, but you as the squad who've paid for this must reset the stage. It two or three helpers can reset a stage quicker than your shooters can. So if it's a nine-round stage, you can have one helper to do it. If it's a 32-round stage, you can have three helpers to do it. But, yeah, having people pay so that helpers can sit and watch them reset stages, and this isn't the first match that this has happened at. Um, 
is frustrating. Uh, and what I've noticed as well, I remember another level three where we apparently had helpers where the helpers were very clever. What they'd noticed is the ROs were pushing the shooters to, to reset stages. So the helper, I, I, I can still visualize this particular stage of this match. The one helper would walk and patch one particular target for every shooter. It was the closest target to him. He'd walk forward and patch that target and go sit down while the squad's getting shouted at that you must hurry up and reset. Um, and yeah, I think that, honestly, I think that's bullshit. Um, you, you, you've paid, what, two and a half thousand rand for this match, um, which... And, and all, all the other stuff. And there's helpers there. That's the thing. It's not even like there's not helpers there. Um, and, you know, we, we've arranged much smaller matches with helpers where the shooters didn't have to reset a stage. Uh, so it's not that it's not. And, and that shotgun matches where everything's still. Uh, so it's physically more, more taxing. And we're not the only people who've done it. I've, a lot of guys locally have done it. So one of the things I've heard is that some of the ROs are resistant to that. And, you know what, like jokes aside, you're not teaching the shooters character or any other fucking 1880s bullshit by making them do it. Um, if they're paying for helpers, the helpers need to work. Um, yeah, I don't understand. Mr. Evans, you had something positive. So I'm, I'm surprised that none of us brought this up in the beginning. But one of the most spectacular things from this match that I really, really enjoyed Mm. Um, was the fact that we had the, a 24-stage match broken down into three days. And resultantly, what happened with that timetable is that we actually got to shoot eight stages on day one, eight stages on day two, and eight stages on day three. And we all, for the most part, got to finish at a reasonable hour. You know, it was probably on average between two and three o'clock. Uh, I know for me on day two, it was quite late. I think you guys were a bit late on day two as well, but that seemed to be that area. Mm. Uh, so that, that shooting eight stages, eight stages, eight stages was fantastic. And basically we got a fairly good balance of points on each day. Now I think on day two, we, both of us in the area that we were in, we had to shoot two thirty-two round stages. Um, that was stage 10 and stage 16, which is fine because on the other days we had more 24 round sort of stages that higher round count medium stage. So all in all, one of the most fantastic things from this match was that that balance. You know, we weren't shooting like freaking 12-12 and whatever was left over on the third day. We got three days of reasonably well-balanced points that was comfortable and enjoyable. You know, we weren't on the range shooting for 12 hours or 10 hours. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I think that's an awesome observation, guys, and, and bloody well done to the organizers for that. Um, it was really nice that every day was as close to equally valuable as possible. Um, yes. It's really annoying in these matches where sort of 75% or 80% of the points are on day one and day two might as well not happen then. Uh, and I think it gave us, uh, it gave every shoot, and, and a couple of the guys who won the divisions had a day or two that wasn't, they weren't on 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 their absolute best, you know, peak performance, um, but they didn't lose all, the whole match over having, a day that not not a shitty day, but a day that wasn't um, perfection. Uh, so I think what it did is I think it probably gave us the most realistic and and accurate result uh, possible, um, as opposed to if we had have done sort of you know ten ten four uh, that that could have could have sort of swayed things because 
if your bad day was day one or day two. And people, as I say, guys who won this match had days that, that weren't weren't their, their top performance. Um, but what happens then is if it's day one or day two, that that, that day is worth a substantial amount more of points and, and there's no opportunity to to try and fix it. And I, and I think that it was a much better system. I, I really hope that we see more of this. I would rather have a Nationals that was 16 stages and two eight-stage you know, eight, eight, eight days than try and jam in a few more stages and, and have a, a, a day and a half again. Yeah. I, I really like that. I know it was discussed at one of our stages with uh, with one of the ROs who asked, do you guys prefer this? And I know a portion of our squad said they didn't like that. This should have been a two-day match. Um, and I think it's brilliant. I, it's each day is not 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 equal, but roughly equivalent in terms of hours on the range. Um, number of stages shot is, is equal. Um, points are in not equal, but roughly equivalent. Um, so you can't go, well, I've shot day one and two, day three, I'm not going, I'm just going to sit in the pub because you know what? It's worth as much as my first two stages was for the match. No. Yep. Here, if you don't show up or you, you don't perform on, on performance on every day is important for this match as opposed to performance being important day one or day one, day two, and day three is kind of a, you know, it's a throwaway day. You, you can't really make anything up and uh, you're unlikely to lose anything uh, significantly on day three and some of the, the ways that matches are structured. So I think it was great. Um, Gaz, excellent point. I think it's worthwhile yeah. doing in the future. Yeah. And I mean, if we look at some guys might argue, yeah, but you should be on your top uh, top abilities and performance throughout the entire match. And that's not necessarily a, re a realistic representation. You know, there's a variety of factors that could have some sort of adverse effect on your performance on any one of the days. And, you know, with, with, with what we've seen previously on primarily our two-day sort of format is the match is kind of determined on day one. So if I take my personal experience at this match, day one wasn't my best day of the match, but I managed to hang in there, Okay. Now, had that been what we've typically seen in the past, where we're shooting 70, 65 to 70% of our points on day one, well, now I'm sort of out of the running because day two, I'm not going to be able to find many points when I've only got 30% of the match left or 25% of the match left. And what this opens up is with that balance, it gives you a better idea on who performed the most consistently throughout the match. Because so, performance is going to go up and down throughout the entire match, and now you have a better baseline for who's applying what, when, and how often, basically. So I think to 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 kind of count, you know, the, the point you made, where some people might say that no, you know, you you should there's no you shouldn't you know there's no it shouldn't be a bad day or whatever. If that's your argument, then we should have no matches that aren't aren't one day. All matches should only be one day, and that's it. Correct. Um, you know, I, I agree. I think the three-day format, like it was done there, where it was three very closely matched um, days, gives you a more consistent uh, match. You couldn't hero or zero this match. You weren't gonna. You weren't gonna win this match because you hooked up on a couple of stages. You 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 had to be, and and you weren't gonna lose the match because you had a bad stage or a a malfunction or or something silly like that. You were in a position where. Um, you, you, as you, I think you hit the nail on the head. It, it gave you the most consistent sort of 
uh, result. Yeah. So, yeah, from that side, I enjoyed that really. A little observation, and this is not aimed at the match staff so much as the competitors. And, and once again, maybe this is just me. If you're waiting at a stage and there's a squad ahead of you shooting, it's still their stage. Stay out the way. Um, I, I, I had a thing on a 30, in a complicated 32-round stage where I actually kind of snarled a little bit because I'm the next shooter online. I'm sitting there trying to visualize my plan, and I've got a squad in a totally different division standing in front of my squad, loudly discussing the stage. Um, just... <laughs> Have a, have a little bit of respect for the squad that's on the stage. I know it's cut when there's a delay because on that stage, we'd had a delay as well. Um, but, you know, like, unless you – and you know, the rules don't allow it otherwise, unless you're going to help reset their stage for them, just stay back a little bit. You know, no one's saying this is a golf game where you can't talk. But when you're standing fucking two steps away from, from the, the, the actual stage itself – um, while there's a shooter online and there's a shooter on deck trying to work out what they're going to do, and you haven't even walked the stage yet and you're discussing stage plans, just relax a little bit. Yeah, we, we had uh, we had that in a couple of stages. Um, not the majority of the match, but there was a there was a couple of times where, where we had that, um, which is not not great when you're on your final visualization because you're about to step into the box and uh, you have greatly differing discussions happening from what you have in your head. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. and do that. Yeah. You know, and, and it's, it's a case of often the squad before you will be more than happy to tell you how the timing works and shit like that. Um, but just go, go. We, we had another stage as well, jokes aside, where our squad, and a couple of guys in our squad committed, where they were struggling to find somewhere to sit um, because the squad behind, behind them uh, decided to take up the little sort of shady spots. It's like, you don't need to be there right now. They do. Um, so just, you know, the, the old thing about treating people like you'd like to be treated. Um, if your mommy didn't teach you that, listen to Uncle T. Is there anything else that we want to discuss in the, uh, this wasn't a great segment. Uh, there is something that I want to mention if there's nothing else that you guys need to discuss in the segment. I'm clear. Just trying to think what, what could be valuable as opposed to just whingy. I mean, we're, we're going to get accused after the show of just whinging and whining because that's what people do when you actually discuss things. Um, and don't just go everything was wonderful. And on the whole, we've been very positive about the match, but nonetheless. Um, there was something else we wanted to discuss. There was something that was a point of discussion, and I can't remember what it was. Yeah, I doubt it was that super important. Oh, they wouldn't let me shoot the Nyala on the stage 16. <laughs> <laughs> Thank fuck for that. <laughs> <laughs> Moving swiftly along from that point. Um, perhaps this has been sorted out by the time you guys listen to the show. Perhaps not. Um, I know that there was some vehicle damage from ricochets at the match. Um, I saw that. Uh, I think this came through on the EGPSA group, but I'm sure it's been sent elsewhere. If you need assistance in reporting that to, to the match officials, um, I believe you can contact Shanae 
and she will help get the information, consolidate them through to wherever it needs to go. Um, unfortunate situation. We're not going to talk too much about that, but I believe there was some vehicle damage. I saw some vehicle damage. Um, just get in contact with Shanae, and I, I believe that there are things happening on that side that I don't understand or know what the details are. But do that if you need to. Yeah. Um, I'm going to head over into some more positive things again for a moment, some things that we didn't read at the beginning. Um, so, EG PSA, classic team, took classic team gold. Woohoo! Have your medal. Ah, thank you. I'll come fetch it. EG PSA, production team, took production gold. Woohoo! EG PSA, standard team, took standard gold. Um, we didn't take PO gold That's and fine. I don't believe that we had a, and we don't have an open team. Yeah. So fantastic display all around. Um, yeah. obviously great to see our, uh, our province's chairman there. Um, I unfortunately was saddled with our province's, uh, PRO for the entire match. You poor boss. He's such a dick. <laughs> he is <laughs> such a dick. And you had to like basically look after him and remind him not to forget his chair. Dude, let's let's talk about this bit of the match because this this goes into the <laughs> this goes into the other section, right? This is this is not pro or or con of the match. Um, I just state this: the match overall was absolutely fucking fantastic. Don't let the things that we've spoken about that were not great cloud your judgment of what we think of this match. It was a great match, and I'm really glad I attended. I'm sure that the other two are also really glad they attended. I'd, I'd shoot that match again next weekend if you gave me the chance. Yeah, exactly. 100%. Fantastic. So now that we've got that out the way, let's talk about range mommy duty. Range what? Range mommy duty. Range mommy. So I, I got to 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 our, uh, our our place of residence on an hour is not, not the three of us, but myself and some other shooters um, on Thursday afternoon. By Thursday evening, I've had to find a spare bottle of sunscreen. On Friday morning before the match, I'd had to find two spare raincoats <laughs> to kit up my range children. <laughs> I then had to ask Gaz if he had fiber for one of my range children. We had green, but didn't want green, but wanted red, like a, like a child, <laughs> which Gaz then had. This wasn't me, for the record. None of this, none of this was Tarek. Yeah. Tarek's a green fiber boy. We had to knock on a door at least one of the mornings to make sure that one of the other shooters who were living at the same place where, where I was staying was alive and ready to go to the match <laughs> before we left. He was. He was just hiding out, apparently. Um, he, he hopped out the room really quickly after we went, are you fucking alive? Um, or no. Yes. Can I think we get that them as a sponsor of the show? No. Okay, sorry. Moving swiftly along. Uh, yeah, probably not. I don't think they're they're going to be interested in talking to us. Um, <laughs> it's not talking. Sorry. sorry, sorry. I had to go fetch Tarek's chair at once. <laughs> you didn't have to. You ran off to fetch it because I forgot. <laughs> um, I had to fix Tarek's fiber. <laughs> Most difficult fiber I'd installed in my entire life. I've got to see how well I installed that the first time. Hey? I don't know how you managed that. <laughs> <laughs> what else did I have to do? Like, Corn, you are a fantastic wife. Like, 
I, I am happy to have you as my range wife. Yes. You know what I got and from the, all of that? Yes. I need to put together fiber replacement toolkits for you guys. Yes. Oh, you, you know what you should have got from that? Try and squad with corn because at least then you have adult supervision. Sunscreen and range coats. I, I hand out monsters. He does. Every morning and start of the day. I have to like force him to take drinks from me. Yeah, no, yeah I don't know if that checks out. Corn, corn. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Here, have this Rehetmore flavored monster corn. <laughs> <laughs> they don't call it the doctor for no reason. <laughs> I'll, I'll, new I'll, doctor Uber. I'll, I'll have a doctor, and Terry Gears, I'll I'll have a doctor. Mm. <laughs> 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 I did. Uh, oh, yes. I, I I did uh, stop uh, Villa to go. Um, I think your hammer's back. To which he responded, "Oh no, it's just broken. <laughs> it looked like it was back." Uh, I stopped another shooter, going, uh, "Dude, your gun's like three quarters out the holster. Do you want to step towards the the, the sort of safety area before that thing falls out?" And you do explaining, <laughs> so, uh, like real range mommy duties. And for the record, in our skinny scan squad, that is all 1911s. There were two guns giving shit that had apparently hadn't magically fixed themselves since the last time the shooter had shot them. And the rest of the guns ran. Yep. Flawlessly. Team. <clears throat> I'm back on Team 1911. Hard. Hard, <laughs> hard. Hard. Uh, that's, that's the range mommy segment. Um, but thank you for your big range mommy duties. Oh, it's a pleasure. If you're going to shoot big matches, trolleys. Honestly, yeah. trolleys. Um, I I don't know if there were shooters there that didn't have trolleys. I, I didn't see any. But I could not imagine having to fly into this match without a trolley and surviving for three days carrying all the shit that you need. Um, and all the additional shit. Because remember, Friday was raining. You had raincoats and umbrellas and shit. You had to take chairs because there really wasn't much like place to sit in a lot of the range. Some had, but a lot of the ranges didn't have place to sit. Um, some of the ranges didn't really have shade, so you had to have an umbrella. Um, it's a lot of ammo per day, um, uh, relatively speaking. Um, so heavy spare guns for some guys. Um, Unfortunately, carried my spare gun for me. Yes, I'm I'm very nice like that. Um, and also, like I said earlier, the 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 food area was a fair distance away from some of the ranges. So you, I, I always carry food and I always carry drinks because it's it's important not having to leave the range to get to that. But if you weren't able to carry that with you because you didn't have a trolley and the weight would kill you, you probably would have had fuck all to drink for the most of the match because for some of the stages it was a an arduous journey <laughs> to get to, to the to the central uh, area. I was I was fortunate that the the BNB I was at insisted on on packing me lunch every day, which was wonderful. So I got greeted at my hotel room at six o'clock every morning with with cooked breakfast. Um and those lunch packs were were lifesavers, I must say, because I didn't have, I didn't even know where the food area was because I didn't have to go find it. Uh, so, yeah, that was uh, that's something you, something to be prepared for, um, especially on the bigger sort of physically bigger ranges, the Stolfontein, the Polokwanis, the Atlantises. Um, 
you know, you you, you, you don't, it, it's not like your local Golden City Club shoot where you're going to walk a couple of hundred meters um, and get an awesome chicken burger. We need to go and have chicken burgers again. Um, it, you know, be prepared for that. Yeah. But that's once again, not the match organizers' fault. You can't have a hamburger stand on every stage. Um, yeah. Uh, not 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 anyone's fault. It's just an mm. observation with because of the the size of the range and the distance for some of the actual bays to the central area uh, where where the food was. Um, it I think for some days if you were in well, for, for some areas if you were uh, I think in area B you mm. shot that back off that that was quite difficult. Um, and then area C when you were shooting the the far away. Sort of back end stages, um, eighteen, nineteen, uh, that that side I think was would have been would have been quite difficult. I also mentioning that I also really liked that sort of area thing. I know it was originally done because of the Rona, but um, I really liked that sort of setup of this day you shoot in this area, so you don't have that you know like going from this end to that end and back and that sort of thing. It worked really well that you had an area you were shooting in. So you could kind of concentrate on those stages um, and then, and then go to another thing. I thought that was a, it's not, it's not a deal breaker, but I, I quite like that. I, I hope that sort of thing sticks around. Yeah, and that was reduce the, the, the traveling between stages was greatly reduced. And we don't mean the traveling between your first and your, your, your last stage for the day necessarily, but you can think that if you, You've been shooting matches elsewhere where you shoot stage so you you start in a sort of lower end lower squad and you shoot stage 16 first and you then need to walk all the way to stage one those are generally like polar opposites on ranges because they're they're not related to each other in the, in the organization generally uh, it's it's quite a long loop so that was really cool. I really liked that too. The, the distance we had to travel between stages was generally pretty small. And that was nice. Uh, yeah. On, on the whole, as we said, it, it was a really positive experience. The, the, the stuff we've, we've commented on negatively, once again, is, is a, we, we, we can't improve things if, 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 we, if we ignore the things that, that didn't work as well. You know, if, if everyone goes around going, this was the best thing ever, then you can't complain if at the next match the same thing happens because you you were going, this is the best thing ever. On the whole, it was a really positive experience. It was a nice match to shoot. I'm glad I shot it. I'd like to shoot it again. I'm looking forward to uh, to the December Nationals. Um, but there, there, were, there were things, you know, that, that could, have, could be improved. And, and, and I'm hoping everyone sort of hears that discussion in the light it's intended um, and, and doesn't try and spin it otherwise if they do try and spin it otherwise there is an audio recording of this where we tell you that it's not that way so if you need to listen again listen again um, and if, listen if, if, listen if, properly if, now yeah. <laughs> and if you matter you probably have our telephone numbers you can get hold of us um cool stuff is there anything else that we need to discuss um not on my side so my crystal ball foresees an uptick in sales of two types of guns after this match. Classic major guns and standard <laughs> minor guns. <laughs> or as the rest of the planet calls them, production guns. Well, yeah. I mean, that gun is very close to production legal. 
Just yeah. get, get, get in contact with your uh, preferred dealer. Buy Glock 17. Because apparently yeah. that's the best standing gun on the continent. But imagine how well he would have shot if he was shooting a 34. And then if you're shooting a 34, we'll go, imagine how well he would have shot if he was shooting a 2011. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Because he would have come to place. What's the place above first? Oh, yeah. There isn't one. Dr. Exercise, I'm I'm really, really chuffed for Gaz. I'm really proud of him. I'm really chuffed for Nivea. I'm, I'm, I'm really happy um, to see the guys. Uh, you know, it, it's it's a the the winners in a lot of divisions were, were sort of younger guys. Um, you know, it was Gaz's Gaz has won a couple of nationals, but he is sort of twelve. Um, Nivea is also quite young. This was his first nationals win. Um, it was my <coughs> Ian. Um, Ian's pretty new to Ipsic. It doesn't look like it, but uh, you know, it it was it was really lucky to see. Um, you know, a bunch of, of, of young guys doing well. Uh, and, and it's nice to see that hard work pay off. You know, I, I don't know all the guys super well, but I know how hard Gaz has worked at this. I know how hard Nivea has worked at this. Uh, and it, it was really lucky to see that that work out for them. I was, I was like super ecstatic for the guys at, at the awards function, um, just to see, see those guys win. Cool stuff. Mr. Evans, do you want to uh, lead us out? Yeah, sure. So uh, thank you to SAPSA and IPSC and everybody who was involved in this match and made it a thing and made it happen. Thank you very much for all your efforts and your opportunities that you presented. Um, congratulations to everyone who competed at the match. We trust that you enjoyed it as much as we did. Um, other than that, our shirts are out and about. Please make sure that you order one. I think we've got quite a few club members now. All official. Um, very nice shirts. Yeah. So please get on that. Otherwise, please keep interacting on the Facebook group that's going up. Um, the drill of the month still rolling in. So mm. um, there'll be a new one coming up shortly. And then, uh, yeah, otherwise, please like, share, subscribe, all those nice, weird and wonderful things. And if you've got any ideas or things that you'd like to get discussed, just pop them along to us. We'll see if they're something that we would have any knowledge in discussion. Thank you. Later, losers. <laughs>